1: Well, let me introduce myself first. I'm Amanda Anguish. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm here with Dr. Katie Elson. I'm a
0: licensed clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm.
1: And today we want to talk with you about something that we all suffer from. It's a disease that we all have, and so many of us don't know we have it, but we're having symptoms and we don't realize it's because of this disease, and it's the disease of having cognitive distortions. So Katie and I are going to discuss this today. And we're going to share with you what those distortions are. And we might even have some ways to respond to those distortions, too. Some questions that we can ask ourselves and other things. So, Katie, what is the first distortion that a lot of people have?
0: Yeah. So before we get into the first oh. one, I just want to mention, like, when we hear the word distortion, mm-hmm. right? Because this will be kind of the foundation when we talk about all of these Um, when something's distorted doesn't mean that it's completely false right yeah when i think about like in a distorted image the Mm -hmm. image is slightly off or perhaps completely off but just there's the original form and then there's a tweak to it Mm -hmm. and so we can just start with that when we talk about these different distortions some of our patients, some of the people listening can often argue, no, that's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true. Um, And there might be an element of it that is true, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's completely true. And so Just having that as we start so that people can already start having more of an open mind to hearing these different distortions.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important. I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed in the hallway when you're coming down the hall, there's this mirror at the end in our wellness office. And it always makes me look thinner than I see myself (laughs) in another mirror. And so I think it's a distortion or the other mirror's a distortion. (laughs) I'm not sure yet which one, but I'm always like, wow, I look different in this mirror or my shape size looks different and stuff so that's one way of thinking about these distortions is like you said they're just a little off Mm -hmm. and stuff so okay now the first one what's the first one
0: yeah so the first one's one that's super common Mm -hmm. um it's called all or nothing thinking Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes people refer to it as black or white thinking Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the most common examples is when we view something as either perfect Mm -hmm. or a complete failure and i know there's a lot of perfectionists out there Mm -hmm. and this is one that they suffer from because it's an all or nothing black or white category good or bad good or bad and that's not referring
1: to the white or black part it's just one extreme versus the other extreme Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way to highlight that there are extremes Mm -hmm. um, instead of looking at the gray. Yeah.
1: And that's actually one of the questions we can ask when we get into that distorted thought process is what is the gray area that I might be missing in terms of I'm looking at it as all this way or all that way? Maybe there's somewhere in the middle that I could be focused on instead.
0: Yeah. So Mm -hmm. maybe do you have an example that kind of portrays all or nothing. You
1: know, this is something that I actually don't deal with, but, um, I've heard people say things like my husband never, my husband didn't take out the trash. He obviously doesn't love me. Mm well, that could be an extreme. Mm -hmm. Is love based solely on taking out the trash? Mm -hmm. Or could it be that there are other things that he does that are actually showing love? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to the extreme of this lack of trash taking Mm -hmm. out means that he doesn't love me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that would be an example.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One example that I think of often applies to diets Mm -hmm. and, and dieting. So if I eat something that I sh- shouldn't, which we'll come back mm-hmm. to that, um, I completely ruined my diet, mm-hmm. right? So it's one little thing goes from I'm doing perfectly my diet to all of a sudden, it's a complete bust. It's a complete failure.
1: Yeah. I've even se- heard people in my group say things like, oh, you know, I was doing so well for three weeks and then I just did this thing that I knew I wasn't supposed to. So I totally messed up. Why even come to group anymore?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's a
1: total you know all or nothing response I love the quote um, that goes with that Uh, when you when you find you find out you have a flat wide you know actually I'm Butchering it, but um, don't slash your other three tires just because you got a flat. Mm. That's as an That's example of all or nothing thinking and mm-hmm. stuff. I love that because none of us would actually slash our other three tires just yeah. because we got a flat.
0: And we can already start seeing the impact of this mm-hmm. type of, you know, distorted thought. Um, it's not just a simple thought, it really impacts you know, than your other three tires and so mm-hmm. you just or your complete diet or whatever it means, because it's going from one extreme to the other.
1: And I think that's important with distortions is that we
0: recognize
1: that they tend to be pervasive. So if mm-hmm. I tend, if I have an all or nothing thought, I might want to look at how many all or nothing thoughts mm-hmm. I have in terms exactly. of my life because I might actually be sabotaging things based on this one thing that is extreme. I'm taking it to the extreme. Mm -hmm. So how about number two? And we're not going in any specific order.
0: (laughs) So number two can be somewhat similar. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called overgeneralization. So there are different definitions. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you have one, Amanda. Um, Sometimes ones that I read are not general enough (laughs) but one that is often used is that when you see some negative event Mm -hmm. you predict that it's like a never-ending pattern Mm -hmm. of that event Um, so i like to think about it's like throwing a blanket over an event or a circumstance in your life
1: yeah i that that's that's true that there are some different definitions of it and i'm trying to think of like a good example um well maybe You know, we've all heard a lot of overgeneralizations even before we knew that they were a cognitive distortion because what about, like, all women drivers? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even have to say the rest of it, but we know that that's a distortion because I'm actually a pretty decent driver.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask your husband.
1: (laughs) Um, What's another distortion that you can think of that would be overgeneralization?
0: So often when I do like a check-in time with my Mm -hmm. sessions, I'll ask them, oh, how was your week? Mm -hmm. And so they'll take one event and they'll say my whole week was terrible. So it's again, there's part truth in that, Mm -hmm. that there was an event that was really, really, you know, bad and and maybe traumatic in some Mm -hmm. ways. Um, But then they color the entire week. They overgeneralize the entire week Mm -hmm. um, by saying, you know, it's horrible and terrible.
1: Yeah. Or even like, I stubbed my toe this morning. Today's going to be a horrible day. Mm -hmm. My day was
0: ruined. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Those are good examples. And I do want to make a disclaimer as we go through these distortions, I'm reminded that you can actually have a cognitive distortion that is not the only distortion that Mm -hmm. you're experiencing in whatever belief you're having in the moment. So Mm -hmm. some of these can overlap. I can have one. And maybe three more in the Mm -hmm. same belief that I have. So don't just pick one and go, oh, this is the one that I have. It might be covering a lot of different
0: distortions. And don't be discouraged because yeah. you are going to find <laughs> quite a few. We all do these, uh-huh. some more than others, and then we have kind of our go-tos, but they are very common.
1: Yeah, find the ones that you do, you know, maybe often and then frequently. All the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, all the time.
1: <laughs> what distortion is that?
0: <laughs> How about number 3? So number 3 is mental filter. And this mm-hmm. one as it sounds, right, you're filtering out the good Mm -hmm. and filtering in or keeping the negative. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about life, that's often life. You have the good and the bad. But then you have like this focus of always looking at the bad and holding on to the bad. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like, you know, when people say negative Nancy, right? Mm -hmm. It's this person that has a tendency towards Filtering out the good mm-hmm. and holding on to the bad.
1: And we don't assume all Nancy's are negative. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, some of us are just the way we've treated our brains over time, we're naturally more inclined to pick out the negative things in something versus the positive things. Mm-hmm. So a way to respond to that is to kind of do that forced, like, let me try to see something positive in mm-hmm. this situation versus just the negative. In
0: Yeah, I think often we're trained in this way. So, for example, uh, when children come home with their report card, right? They have all these A's and they have like one B+. Mm -hmm. What do the parents do? They highlight. How come you got mm -hmm. that B+,
1: you should have gotten an A. Mm -hmm. So,
0: what Mm -hmm. parents just showed the child is you filter out all the positive and Mm -hmm. then you hold on to the negative.
1: And that actually goes with the next one, too, Mm -hmm. number four, because I call this like advanced mental filtering Mm -hmm. when well, you can say what it is. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> well, disqualifying the positive. And that kind of goes with the report card thing. We'll oftentimes, there are a lot of good things going on, but because there's something bad happening, we disqualify all those good and mm-hmm. we just focus on the bad. Or even if it's a good situation, mm-hmm. like, you know, somebody could look at the rain outside. We don't have any rain outside right now, but you could look at the rain and, do a negative filter of oh yeah it's going to be a gloomy doomy day mm-hmm. but then it could ease just as easily be sunny outside and you could say oh but we need the rain mm-hmm. you know yep. it's a beautiful day but i'm going to focus on the negative part of it versus all of the
0: positives of it yeah. too and there can be some positives in rain as well mm-hmm. and they say this distortion that discounting the positives is often one of the most dangerous is mm-hmm. because your life could be completely full of good things and still you look straight at you st- look at the good straight in the eye and still decide to discount it mm-hmm. so it's like people come and give you compliments or you're being very successful in your career and then you're like oh it's just a fluke Or, you know, it's just, you know, my boss just likes me. Or, um, well, there's only, you know, a few psychologists in this area. So Mm -hmm. that's why I got this award, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah and i think I think it's important too to recognize that when we do this distortion of disqualifying the positives, we're actually making it so that we don't see good things that are mm-hmm. happening, and we're actually putting this dark color over everything, mm-hmm. and we're we're missing things that are. And sometimes we think of it in it, like we're being humble, maybe like, mm-hmm. oh, if yeah. I discount this thing that I did, that I'm being humble. And so we think like maybe it's a positive, mm-hmm. even though it's disqualifying the mm-hmm. positive. But that's actually not a realistic way of looking at things. We mm-hmm. should be able to accept the good and the bad, not just have to feel like, oh, mm-hmm. I have to put myself down because I'm getting this award or something because mm-hmm. it'll make people feel better That doesn't help other people when they think about maybe getting an award, too. We don't want Mm -hmm. everybody to disqualify it Mm -hmm. and and that sort of thing. So how about the next
0: one? So the next one's super common, Mm -hmm. right? I hear this one a lot. Um, Jumping to conclusions. Um, And, you know, it could be broken down into two main ones. Um, first mind reading mm-hmm. so this is as it sounds right you don't
1: like me do you no, I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> like what do you think about me right now Amanda <laughs> yeah it's when you try to read other people's minds and you know we can try this but this one specifically when it says jumping to conclusions this mm-hmm. is not hmm, I wonder what they're thinking but really oh this is the way that they're thinking mm-hmm. so I we've often, already made our mind up yeah yeah so sometimes when I'm subbing for your group I'll mm-hmm. use this example of like oh let's say you walk past Uh, Amanda in the hallway right and Mm -hmm. you say hi Amanda and she walks right past you what do you think Mm -hmm. if you jump to the conclusion of like oh Amanda's mad at me oh I just know that what did I Mm -hmm. do I did something that is mind reading right because you have no idea like what are other if you know Amanda what are other you know Mm -hmm. possible solutions or alternative ideas Mm -hmm. she's busy she has something on her mind you know I've never seen you wear AirPods but some people right they're, they <laughs> have AirPods <laughs> yeah. so Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, and that probably won't happen but I I might say like, yeah, sorry. I I got to go though. <laughs> but but that it is true and I've had I've had people even where I've been tempted to believe that oh, they had this on their mind only to come back like 30 minutes later and go Oh, that's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. I just thought I knew. And I've I've heard some research too that says that even when we think we know somebody really mm-hmm. well, we're actually like maybe 25% mm-hmm. accurate in yeah. actually knowing what they're thinking in a moment. Mm-hmm. But it also causes us to miss cues and conversations to and miss important things in mm-hmm. conversations if like say we're talking and I mm-hmm. think I already know where you're going with mm-hmm. what you're saying well I may not miss some transitional word that you mm-hmm. use to go in a different direction and I'm already like Katie what about this and why mm-hmm. did you say that because you're on to something else or going mm-hmm. in a different direction with it yeah so. that's
0: really important because a lot of times when we're doing mind reading we're so in our heads mm-hmm. that we are missing those cues And, you know, this happens a lot in couples, Uh, Mm -hmm. couples like, oh, I know my spouse. I've been together, you know, 30 plus years and I know what they're thinking. Uh (laughs) But even in couples, right, maybe you can predict at times or like, oh, you Mm -hmm. were accurate. But I've had cases where. They say like nine out of 10 times, yeah, the silent treatment, mm-hmm. the spouse is doing it on purpose. Yeah. But other times that spouse is like just silent because they've got something on their mind or doing something mm-hmm. else. And if you just assume that, then you start acting in a way that then can self-sabotage your relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it's best to just ask. Yeah. And maybe it's you know correct what you were assuming, but maybe it's not. So why not just ask?
1: Yeah, I love clarifying questions because mm-hmm. it keeps you from looking like a fool sometimes too. Because mm-hmm. you might think you know what somebody's thinking, but what if you go and act on that belief and then come to find out you were wrong? It it saves you a lot of like embarrassment mm-hmm. stuff. So asking those clarifying questions can help. What's the other side of or the other? jumping to
0: conclusions so fortune telling mm-hmm. this is when we predict that the future will be negative negative. Mm-hmm. and I don't know about you Amanda but I do not have a superpower of predicting <laughs> the future not yet <laughs> so we don't know right mm-hmm. and I often tell people a way to reframe this thought is just simple I don't know I don't mm-hmm. know what they're thinking I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow oh my gosh I'm going to fail the test and if I fail the test this is going to happen mm-hmm. you don't know Um, They say 85% of things that we predict negatively happen never do Mm -hmm. uh, or that we worry about. And yet we
1: prepare so Mm -hmm. much for those negative things to happen only to find out they don't, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. there's a,
0: you know, the Bible's so wise, there's a proverb that says, don't worry about tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so if you're worried so so much about tomorrow, then you're missing the opportunity of changing your life today.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think one of the ways we really sabotage ourselves is when we anticipate something is going to happen or not happen. Like, say, for instance, I'm Mm -hmm. anticipating that I'm going to mess up in some project at work or something like that. Well, how hard do I actually then try Mm -hmm. to succeed at it if I've already believed, like, adamantly that I'm going to fail at it? We actually put in less effort Mm -hmm. when we jump to conclusions because we're already thinking we know what's going to happen
0: mm-hmm. yeah self-fulfilling prophecies mm-hmm. yeah so the next one what's the mm-hmm. next one the next one is magnification or minimization mm-hmm. um, so i actually when we talk about magnification i like to use the label more of uh, catastrophizing because mm-hmm. it just if it's so well right when you yes. catastrophize something mm-hmm. um, so magnification is blowing something out of proportion minimization is shrinking um, Mm -hmm. in its importance and I think sometimes we often also magnify magnification and don't talk about minimization Mm -hmm. Um, but I hope that we can talk about both um, I love minimization there's some good
1: stuff with minimization yeah Yeah.
0: so I mean, do you have an example of magnification
1: yeah magnifying is when we you know like this is going to ruin my life or something Mm -hmm. like that or this is awful or this is horrible I actually had Mm -hmm. a client once who was pretty much not quite catatonic but doing a rocking back and forth mm-hmm. and saying this is horrible and this is terrible and this is awful and this person's spouse was sitting next to them like befuddled what do I do they mm-hmm. keep doing this and and saying this and I went over and I sat down next to this person and I just said you know that's interesting that you're saying this is horrible and this is terrible and this is awful I said can you actually think of something that would be more horrible terrible and awful than what's happening right now And obviously, this person wasn't going to say anything at this point because they were just caught up in the moment. But I said, you know, what if there was a war happening right now and Mm. we were being shot at? And the person stopped and looked at me and was like, yeah, that would be worse. So sometimes we say these things, but the sad part is then our brain responds to that and we get all kinds of cortisol and adrenaline pumping through us. And it does feel that bad because that's what we're saying it is.
0: Yeah. And I like that you highlight that because some people the arguments like, Katie, it's just words like mm-hmm. don't be picky on me. Like if I'm a horrible, like just let me yeah. have my moment. It's horrible. I'm enjoying my <laughs> sulk. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. It's what we speak, right? Our mm-hmm. our body responds to that. And so a simple way of correcting this is to change our language, make mm-hmm. it less colorful instead of horrible, right? Boil it down to the truth. The truth is, okay, this is where it's not to minimize. Mm-hmm. It's hard, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another one is I can't stand this, right? Yes. Maybe it's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot for me to handle right now, but I can stand it. Yeah.
1: I like to tell my clients, you know, when we get to this one, has anybody ever said, I can't stand this or I'm going to die if I have to do this one more time? And then I always ask them, what do we all have in common? We're still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> We have made it through that. And mm-hmm. it's a good reminder that, oh, yeah, it didn't kill me. It didn't, you know, mm-hmm. take me under. I think, too, sometimes we magnify the importance of how something is going to affect us, Mm, too. True. Like, this is going to, like we said, you know, kill me or hurt me or something. Or even the importance of, I need this. That's Mm. a magnification versus, I want it.
0: Mm -hmm. And maybe
1: I can afford it, and so I'm going to buy it. But when I keep saying things like, I need it... Mm. I might go broke because I've told myself I need everything. And that's mm-hmm. a magnification of what we mm-hmm. actually need.
0: Mm-hmm. As a kid, I used to, my dad used to correct us. We are like, bye-bye, which is Portuguese. Mm-hmm. uh, bye we're starving. <laughs> and he'd look at us. He's like, you're not starving. You're hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids in Africa are starving. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hungry. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I wanted to be in my moment. (laughs) But it's true because Mm -hmm. the impact that these thoughts have really impact um, just kind of how we feel in the moment and Mm -hmm. then also our decisions, our behaviors.
1: Yeah. And some of the people out there who don't have these distortions are going to look at us and go, really? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. So we don't want to look foolish in front of people by It's <laughs> having... the main motive. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Yeah. It's an added bonus. Mm-hmm. How about the other one, minimization? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So with minimization, when we're shrinking its importance, this Mm -hmm. is like, I'm fine, I'm fine, or it's Mm -hmm. fine. And sometimes we do this for ourselves. Sometimes we do this to other people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we also have to be careful when we say, oh, well, you know, the kids in Africa, or, you know, we're sometimes minimizing our experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Suffering is different for each person. So, you know, I tell people, you know, if a kid's running scrapes their knee and they're crying are you going to go up to the kid and say don't cry like mm-hmm. yesterday, I broke my arm. Like that's yeah. nothing. No, yeah. you wouldn't say that to a kid, but we do that as adults, mm-hmm. um, especially to ourselves. Yeah. And so some people have the tendency to magnify their problems. Some people have the tendency to minimize, mm-hmm. um, and it's important to just take the problem as it is.
1: Yeah. Even minimizing our feelings, you know, mm. like, oh, it doesn't matter. And sometimes we grow up in environments where mm-hmm. we're taught to minimize our feelings because maybe somebody else seems to always be in a crisis. True. And so then we minimize even sharing our feelings or mm-hmm. what we're going through with other people. I think it's important too, because these tend to be associated with cognitive behavioral therapy. And one of the myths with cognitive behavioral therapy is you just have to think positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And And so one of the time, one of the ways that I I think this is important that we minimize is also our responsibility in a situation Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's no big deal. They'll get over it. Mm -hmm. But maybe I have actually hurt somebody and I have to take accountability for that. And so I need to right that wrong or I need to do something. I can't just minimize it because, oh, I don't want to I don't want to deal with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so these distortions really impact how we feel, but also our relationships.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So how about the next one after magnification and minimization? Yes.
0: So emotional reasoning. (laughs) (laughs) I have some emotions coming up inside me just as I talk about this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I struggle as a clinician with individuals that have this distortion. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is, you know, let me describe it. Um so as it sounds emotional reasoning you reason based off your emotions so you mm-hmm. draw conclusions based off of your emotions so if i feel a certain way mm-hmm. then it must be true so yes. if i feel guilty i must have done mm-hmm. something wrong if i feel like i don't want to do something then i don't do it
1: mm-hmm. and
0: feelings are not bad but when we conclude and we reason based off of them without checking them, mm-hmm. then it can be very problematic. Yeah. And so, as a clinician, if somebody's only basing everything off of how they feel, it's really hard to use kind of logic, wisdom, mm-hmm. or other things to really check our thoughts.
1: Yeah. And I think this is one that's getting harder and harder mm. as a therapist to tackle in my sessions, too, because I notice society endorses mm-hmm. emotions quite heavily in terms of if you – and it works quite well for, you know, getting people to buy things they don't mm-hmm. need and sort of like, you know, even the – I hate to say this, but even that um, – that commercial that was around when I was a kid, you know, choosy moms choose Jif. Like, well, what kind of emotion is that mm. trying to evoke? Well, if I don't give my kid Jif, I'm not a choosy mom. I'm mm. not a good enough mom. So I better get my kid this kind of peanut butter because that's what's going to make me a better mom. And so interestingly, we do a lot of things based on emotions, not realizing that, Emotions are supposed to be are supposed to correspond with what's actually happening, not mm-hmm. on their own. They're
0: mm-hmm. be important. So yeah. and even the news these days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can think about, you know, what is your truth and whatever yeah. you feel to be true. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I would say it is increasingly becoming hard um, because it's being promoted as The way of life Mm -hmm. is reason based off of your emotions, how you feel.
1: Yeah. And even even loving somebody, like if Mm -hmm. I feel love towards somebody, but everything about that person says run danger ahead, Mm -hmm. you're going to get hurt. Well, I'm going to go based on how I feel and stuff. Mm -hmm. So this this one especially causes a lot of problems. And I think we all can have an easy time at having trouble with this one, Mm -hmm. because if we're very focused on our emotions and maybe we've taught to be focused on how we feel, whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Well, what if it makes me happy now, but it doesn't make me happy long-term? Mm-hmm. Should I trust my emotions? Mm-hmm. And I think we do this you know, with kids. We have the right idea when you know a kid says, I'm afraid, I don't wanna do it. And the parent says, well, just because you're afraid doesn't mean you don't have to do it. Look mm-hmm. at all the kids look friendly. Let's go play with mm-hmm. them or let's go to school or something like that. That, that fear doesn't necessarily mean that there's fear based mm. evidence mm. that that kid shouldn't do that thing. And so mm-hmm. we encourage them to do it despite their feelings. And then they wind up finding out, oh, it's not that mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. So, and
0: sometimes, you know, they're like, I'm afraid I don't want to do something. And that fear is valid. So, yeah. it's not the feelings, mm-hmm. it's facts. And then feelings.
1: Mm-hmm. The, if the feelings don't match, match the
0: facts, then we should not disregard them,
1: but go, okay, let's put those in check in mm-hmm. until we do have the facts that go with yeah. that. Okay. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, we could spend a lot more time on that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. How about should
0: statements? Yeah. So I think should statements is another very common one. Mm-hmm. And, um, as it sounds, should statements, mm-hmm. um, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves by using "I should," "I must," mm-hmm. "ought to," "have to," um, mm-hmm. or we put that on others. Yeah, um, they should do this. They mm-hmm. have to do this, and this one's particularly difficult because um, we're we think that we use it to motivate ourselves. I should exercise, and mm-hmm. some of you might be thinking, "Well." you know, what's, what's wrong, wrong with that? that <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and especially like when I'm I talking should do with, well at work. <laughs> yeah. I should come to work on time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then some of my clients are Christians and they'll be like, I should go to church. I should mm-hmm. read my Bible. Um, but there's an element that, um, takes away personal choice with Mm -hmm. this. It's an external pressure instead of an internal choice or motivation versus I want to, Mm -hmm. um, I would like to, it would be good for me to Mm -hmm. versus I have to, which then results in a lot of guilt and shame as well.
1: Yeah, I I think of it in terms of like a rigidity to Mm -hmm. life versus even when duty calls for me to do certain things, I can still enjoy it while I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And that focus on shoulding is a lot more rigid than a flexibility, like, hey, I get to do this, or Mm -hmm. I want to do this and and stuff. So yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing. Sometimes I have clients who do this a lot, just change their language. Mm -hmm. And they come back a week later and like, Wow, like I am doing the very things that I was telling myself I should do now more than Mm -hmm. when, you know, just by changing, I want to. Or maybe I don't want to right now, Mm -hmm. but I want to because I know it's good for me.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of where these distortions come from, maybe early on in life where we learn these distortions Mm -hmm. from parents or teachers or pastors, even whoever it is they don't realize that they're using a distortion and so we just pick it up and we go oh i guess this mm-hmm. is how i'm supposed to think and talk to myself mm-hmm. but in reality maybe i could have joy in doing
0: this and appreciate doing this yeah. sort of thing so and take taking responsibility mm-hmm. that life is i it is my choice right mm-hmm. to do something there's yeah. no shoulds in life. And I don't need to put that on other people either because mm-hmm. that results in a lot of anger towards people. Oh, yeah. with, you know, driving and someone cutting me off. A lot of the anger is because, oh, they should drive this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, live life based off of how people are doing things, not mm-hmm. how they should do them.
1: Yeah. And, and sometimes we make our shoulding about things that – really, maybe nobody can control. Mm. Like you should go faster. Well, we're in traffic and nobody can go over 20 miles an Mm -hmm. hour. And what is everybody supposed to do? Just like pull off so I can get through. And that's where the anger comes from is we have these expectations that are beyond Mm. normal. Mm. So how
0: about the next one? So the next one's labeling. Mm -hmm. so this is when we place a label on ourselves or on other people Mm -hmm. and the way to catch this one is whenever there's an i am statement right Mm -hmm. where you are i am so you stub your toe oh i'm so stupid Mm -hmm. right that's an easy one even when you know better (laughs) yeah yeah or you're driving again and Uh they cut you off oh you're such a jerk right Mm -hmm. we have these labels but what's problematic about these labels is that you're basically attaching a label, an identity to someone based off of what they do or their behaviors. And, and even a one-time
1: situation, mm-hmm. I don't know that person that's driving on the road. I've had no other
0: encounters with them. Exactly. And so it it's basically kind of magnifying a problem by saying mm-hmm. that's all of who that person is, including yeah. for myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm stupid. Are you really stupid for stubbing your toe? Mm-hmm. No. What human hasn't done that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm so
1: human. That's mm-hmm. what we should be saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. And that's true. <laughs> yeah. And we use this to, like, um, the medical field is trying to change this instead of saying, you know, that person's a diabetic.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that person has diabetes because mm-hmm. they're more than their diabetes. But when yeah. we say diabetic, I am. It also is kind of like condemning yourself. Well, Mm -hmm. there's no point in changing. I am stupid or I am Mm -hmm. diabetic. I am a schizophrenic. No, I have. It's a part of me, but it's not all of who I am.
1: Yeah. Labels are for practitioners, not for the person (laughs) that we're labeling. That's just for us to treat the situation, not for Mm -hmm. them to define themselves yeah. by. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's good to remove some of those very limiting labels mm-hmm. that we put on ourselves because mm-hmm. we wind up inadvertently acting more like the label mm-hmm. too. I, I've, you know, I've heard people, you know, in passing where, oh yeah, I'm depressed. What are you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, That's not all Mm -hmm. that you are. Or even politically, I'm a Republican. Mm -hmm. Well, are you like every single other Republican or Democrat? Mm -hmm. Are you like every single Democrat? Mm -hmm. Or do I just have these views about these situations Mm -hmm. and stuff? And so it makes us almost more angry with each other, Mm -hmm. too. Because we don't know what variation of that label somebody might actually be when they're
0: defining themselves. And we want to protect ourselves by having labels. Oh, mm-hmm. if you say you're a Republican, I know what that means. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't actually protect. It isolates because yeah. we don't really know. And then we don't really get to know what mm-hmm. that, who that person is and what that means to them.
1: Yeah. And we even do this in the therapy world, just the just the us versus them mentality. Anytime you put yourself in the place of it's us or me and them, that's already separating and stuff we're already labeling, but we might only be doing that based on one isolated situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. okay. We have one more.
0: Yes. One that's kind of split in two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's personalization and blame. So mm-hmm. personalization is when you personalize right so you take on responsibility for something Mm -hmm. that is not entirely your responsibility yeah and then the opposite, blaming is when you're putting the blame on someone else or other people when there is responsibility that Mm -hmm. lies on you and so you can think about it's kind of two extremes Um, now with personalization a good example of this is when let's say parents are getting a divorce and a Mm -hmm. child thinks it's all my fault right Mm -hmm. is it the kid's fault very likely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if, you know, maybe you have some role or you have an impact, right? Mm-hmm. But someone else's choice.
1: Yeah. They still get to decide what they do with what you've done.
0: Exactly. And mm-hmm. I think one thing that I see that's very problematic for people is we, we take responsibility for how other people feel, mm-hmm. how, you know, other people's decisions or behaviors. Oh, I made that person mad. No, you didn't, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you impacted, right? And you need to be responsible for your behavior. Um, but when we're too responsible for other people, we also then don't focus on our own things.
1: And sometimes it I think this would be a good time to mention sometimes if we're a people pleaser, mm-hmm. we do take on that personalization. Yes. We think we're responsible for how people feel in any given moment. So we rush around trying to compensate for whatever feelings they might have only to leave ourselves quite depleted of energy and even succeeding in some of the things that we need mm-hmm. to do.
0: Yeah. And I I noticed a lot of people who struggle with this tend to also say, I'm sorry a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's interesting. It's like, wow, do you really think that you have that much power to be impacting and, you know, influencing all these different people in all Mm -hmm. these different ways? And, um, but recognizing maybe I have some impact, but it doesn't mean I'm solely responsible for this person.
1: Yeah. So then the blame side is, is when I can't seem to take responsibility for things and I choose to let other people be solely responsible for where I am or where the world is or Mm -hmm. whatever that may be.
0: Yeah, so I often will hear oh, I'm depressed because of my parents or Mm -hmm. I'm depressed because of my boss, my job, my... Mm
1: -hmm. Or I'd be happy if my spouse did this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's realizing, yeah, maybe those things have impacted you, especially, yeah, your parents, your childhood have Mm -hmm. impacted you, but you are an adult. You have the ability to make choices and maybe adolescents are listening and they're like well maybe I don't I'm not an adult <laughs> we all have an element of control mm-hmm. in our lives and so holding on to that and looking at the responsibility that does lie in our control and then managing that mm-hmm.
1: and i think this is i think this is proven When you look at your friendship group and or anybody, in fact, and you notice like even when some people are upset or seemingly upset, how does that person seem to be okay in the situation? And they're kind of rolling with the punches. Mm. Well, probably because they're not blaming someone. They're busy taking responsibility for their part and figuring out what they can do in the situation, too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So, well, we wrapped all of them up. Should I give them a bonus one? Yes, do it. So um, one of the ones that I see a lot of times is the distortion of self-worth is based on what I've done, what accomplishments I've had, what physical features I, you know, tend to have or look like and, and those sorts of things versus just the fact that I'm a human being. That's what gives me value and so we look at oh well I'm not as pretty as that person or I'm not as athletic as this person over here so therefore no one will love me mm-hmm. but in reality if I have anything to offer I'm I'm worthy mm-hmm. I have worth to me and you can think of sometimes it's hard to recognize this for us but when we look at other people if I had if you came to me and you said oh I haven't done this and so mm-hmm. I'm not good enough I would never think that Mm -hmm. all of your value was placed on whether or not you did that one thing. Mm -hmm. And I would be able to tell you that, but sometimes it's hard to recognize that in myself. And I love that um, quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. She says, you can't think any less of yourself, I'm paraphrasing, without your own permission. Mm -hmm. So in order for somebody else to say something about me and me believe it, in order for me to believe something about myself, I actually have to agree with it in order for that to have an effect. And a lot of times we do this. we That distortion of my self-worth is based on mm. something exterior versus just innately being a human being. So if you only take one thing away from today's show, remember this. If mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Amanda Anguish.
0: And I'm Dr. Katie Elson. And you've been listening to The Brain People Podcast.
1: Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com.